Hi, my name is Courtney Mackerel, and I'm a furniture designer, but I also have a background in interior architecture. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. We hope you like this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come. Hi, welcome back to another episode of A Student's Perspective. My name is Ali Beering, and today we are joined here with Courtney Mackerel. So to start, can you give us a little background about what led you to pursue interior architecture, if that was always where you wanted to go, and how you ended up pursuing that? Yeah, so I actually had kind of a different uh, avenue into interior architecture. Um, so, you know, when I was applying to college, I wasn't really quite sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in the creative field and kind of do something artistically. Um, but I didn't know what that looked like or what my options were. Um, and I'll never forget my father coming home um, one day and he was like, well, you're really good at math and art. Why don't you kind of bridge the gap between the two and go into architecture? And so I looked into, you know, the um, Marywood University that was right next to me um, growing up. And I decided that that's what I was going to pursue. Um, because they had a five-year program and to me it made sense to kind of transfer into that first try it out and see if I liked it um, and so I ended up joining the architecture program at Marywood and I really enjoyed it um, it was totally different for me um, it was such a different way of schooling and I loved it um, I was always in the arts department in high school and so it was just it really fit in for me the building was fantastic um, it was such a great atmosphere and so going through school um, I just fell in love with architecture in general um, but specifically in interiors so I ended up transitioning from architecture to interior architecture my sophomore year 
And that's where I found a passion within furniture design and interior specifically. Um, I just was better engaged with the interior aspect of architecture. Um, to me, it makes the most sense because, you know, they say you spend 98% of your time in interiors. So, you know, you really have to love um, and engage with the space that you're in on the daily basis um, and the objects that you're that you're interacting with as well. So I think that's why, um, you know, furniture for me is such a prominent aspect now um, within my current career. Yeah, definitely. Um, something we talk about a lot in studio and as interior architects is how it's all encompassing and like the furniture really is the thing that you interact with every day. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you came here to Maryland University. Um, I was curious about if you did anything on campus, if were there things you were involved in that were architecture or maybe not architecture related and how they played a role into here? Yeah, absolutely. I was involved in so many different avenues, um, in different aspects of my, you know, professional and academic career. Um, and I think a lot of them made me very well-rounded. Um, they taught me a lot to really engage with different peoples and kind of just gauge my perspective a little differently on the daily. Um, so for example, I went through, um, IIDA, I was the co-president for that for a little while. And I really, you know, before my time doing that, I really like to engage within the organization as much as I can, um, to network. I was also part of AIA S when I was, um, in architecture in the architecture side of things. Um, but I also, you know, took up projects on my own time because I loved teaching. I loved kind of the idea of teaching. So I actually um, took a, a semester and I taught at the Nativity Miguel School of Scranton that's located on Marywood's campus. And I taught an art slash architecture kind of course for sixth graders. Um, and I absolutely loved it. The kids were great. Um, and it was just really engaging um, in a totally different way. And at first I was like, wow, how am I supposed to teach art and architecture to sixth graders? Like, you know, are they going to understand? Like, how do I, how do I transform like our ideologies into something that's like super, not basic, but something that's digestible for, you know, a smaller, smaller person. And so I, it really just made sense. And honestly, it was one of the best times that I ever had teaching and it made things super easy to understand. And it, it really opened up my eyes as well. Um, so I did that for a little while and then I ended up becoming an adjunct professor later on during my graduate studies. Um, and I absolutely loved that too, you know, kind of going back into the past for myself and really understanding, okay, so you've been through this kind of um, curriculum. And so what would I like to give back to those students as if I were, you know, in that current classroom? Um, you know, you're understanding, you know, what struggles you had and how you would kind of like to transform them and make them better for the, the current student. So it was really interesting and it was really exciting to kind of to take a walk down memory lane there. Yeah, um, you were actually an adjunct professor during my freshman year. So 
you weren't directly like my studio professor, but you definitely came over and you would help and guide. And that was somewhere where I really felt your light really shone through and you were really great at that. So oh. <laughs> thank you. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you do now? You're doing furniture design um, and its correlation to interior architecture, you know, postgraduate stuff. Absolutely. So actually, during my graduate studies in at Marywood, I was I had the opportunity to be the product designer for or the pro, um, project manager, project designer for uh, the Marywood University art department and theater department. And I basically designed the set for their play um, in the fall of 2021, I believe it was. And that kind of introduced me to a whole new perspective on not just architecture and art specifically, but it kind of made sense for me um, to journey through where I am today. Um, so even though it's scenic design, so it's again, another kind of avenue and interaction that I had completely different to the program that I was studying, but it made sense in terms of interiors to understand a smaller scale, um, a smaller kind of way of building um, and interacting with interiors and objects. So for me, that kind of opened up the door to product design. Um, I also took a furniture studio when I was in school and I really enjoyed it, again, because of the smaller scale proportion um, interaction with a, an object. It was just a lot more satisfying to see a project on a smaller scale come to life a lot quicker. Um, because, you know, comp in comparison to a lot of the architecture projects that you might work on in a firm, um, they will take years to develop. But this, you know, only took months. Um, so it was a lot more satisfying to me. Um, in order to do that. And so I ended up um, completing that semester. Um, it was a really great production. Everybody was super involved and excited about it. Um, it was such it was such an amazing group of people, you know, between the art and theater department, um, volunteers that were students, but also professors and teachers helped to kind of create the scene. Um, so there was a lot of teamwork and involvement that went into that. And then, like I said, going through furniture, furniture studio, um, I, I got my passion for that. And after graduation, I really wanted to kind of change directions and look more towards product design because of that. Um, so I, I had an opportunity to come down and work for a furniture design company in North Carolina. And that's where I'm currently at today. Awesome. Um, kind of making that switch from just saying interior architecture to kind of focusing on product design, was there any like insecurity or hesitancy towards changing or how did that go for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, first and foremost, I had to kind of take a step back and say, okay, you really didn't go to school for product design or furniture design specifically, you know, um, and, and what, what does that mean? Um, does it mean that I don't have the technical application to proceed with that? You know, am I still going to be able to um, move forward 
successfully because, you know, I do have a, a very vast design background. I mean, I was still, you know, everywhere, different avenues throughout schooling and kind of just taking any and every opportunity that I could. Um, so I had a lot of experience um, in, a, in a lot of different ways. So I knew that that wouldn't necessarily be an issue, but definitely insecure about kind of the ideas that, you know, you have that imposter syndrome where you're kind of like, I don't really know, you know, if people are going to take me seriously, are they going to understand? Are they going to say, you know, again, you don't have the experience specifically within um, product or furniture design. So it was a little questionable at first, but you get over that. Everything, everything goes away once you kind of dive in because at the end of the day, design is design. Good design is the end all be all. And if you can understand the scale proportion and even the composition of architecture, you can be a fantastic furniture or product designer. Um, they say, you know, the best furniture designers are architects because they understand all of those things. And it really makes sense because, you know, you're again, interacting at a smaller scale with something that is still art it's still architecture it's still beautiful it's still fashion for the for the home you know it's it's all these different things kind of wrapped up into one but it's just at a, at a smaller scale you did your graduate studies at marywood correct yes um did you want to talk about that project at all i remember i think you said it had something to do with urban design i'm not sure if yeah, absolutely. So during my graduate studies, I took um, a project that I was interested in, which correlated with furniture, furniture design specifically, but it was more on the, the scale of urban furniture. So that was kind of the idea that I wanted to bring back into interiors and everything like that. Um, so, you know, my, my site was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was really kind of this urban stitch through interior architecture and furniture design. Um, a little bit more on the larger scale, I hadn't quite gotten to the nitpicky of what urban furniture looks like specifically within that project, but it was more on the lines of taking urban atmospheres and instances within the cityscape and redeveloping them. So they were kind of these leftover spaces and creating them into these public interiors that I called them. And within those public interiors, they, that's where this urban furniture and kind of push and pull between the existing architecture of the city could then kind of create these outdoor interiors or, you know, it um, basically uh, evolve itself into having these urban interiors or these furniture applications could be produced within them, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's super interesting. I Not a concept that I would think of like initially, but when you explain it like that, I can really kind of visualize that idea. So that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about your day-to-day -day process, its relation to interior architecture and kind of what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. So basically 
my day-to-day looks like a lot of research and development within, you know, what's new and what's fresh within the industry and where I want to take, you know, product moving forward. Um, So for example, I kind of look to see what pieces are missing within the line um, and how I can better develop um, certain categories within the collections itself. Um, It's a lot of ideation and um, iterative design. So I know as a student, you know, I hated, hated, hated making, you know, five, 10 little small scale models, but it really, it really is relevant within the now um, because you're not just going to make one thing and then that's going to be the end all be all, right? You know, you have to really produce and process these things um, in order to even understand connections that you might not notice yourself. You know, I think they say like, you know, oh, there's like happy accidents that happen within art and architecture. Um, And it's so true, but there is definitely a strategy and kind of cohesiveness that gets involved within it. Um, So again, like going through and making sketching and modeling and kind of just keep on pushing and pulling different forms and understanding, okay, what is the main idea? Is it function? Is it form? What am I trying to provoke first and foremost? And then taking that and then kind of doing the opposite within there. So it's not only about aesthetics, it's about form and function. Is it going to be useful? How is it going to be used? what is the interaction of the user and how how is it going to function or you know even just exist within a home a residential interior a commercial interior which whichever it lends itself to so you know if that looks like modeling on the computer sketching um it just depends you know what i feel like doing in the moment um i use rhinoceros as a pr- primary um modeling software and then I kind of like to render I love doing more collages of my ideas and kind of mood boards I love to to look and research um on Instagram Pinterest everything just anywhere that has an interesting image um going and interacting with you know places that have furniture and just really taking pictures printing them out, putting them in my sketchbook, kind of mixing and, and kind of taking, you know, if it's a table that I really want to work on, um, taking the legs from one and the top from another and kind of morphing them together, changing the shape, um, seeing what kind of formulates from those kind of measures. Um, so there's really no specific form, formula that, you know, that you can kind of go through. It's really just whatever you're, wherever your imagination takes you. Um, And I think that's kind of the beauty of furniture design because it really is like art for the home. Um, And so it's very personal, but it's also very expressive too. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one really important aspect that you touch on that I think a lot of students like kind of struggle with is that iterative process. I think 
I have at least seen it in studio, the frustration of having to go and redo this design and change something little like every other time. Um, it's important to know that that really comes full circle and it becomes a useful skill. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the most important kind of idea that that comes from the process is you're again, you're not going to just sit there and draw something up and then that's going to be the one that you go with, you know, cause there's going to be good aspects from it, but it's not going to be totally flushed out. You're not going to have all of the details put, put into it at that time. You know, there, as you're kind of formulating other ideas, you're able to take the best pieces from each. Let's say if you do 15 sketches, you might have 15 really different ideas, but maybe six of them are what you end up utilizing within your final product. And I think, you know, it's, it's all in the details, but it's also in the overall form. And so one, one sketch might touch upon just form. One sketch might just be the detail. So you're not necessarily thinking about every single part of it within that first moment that you're, you know, you're doing the the thing. Um, It definitely takes time. And I think that's, that's why, you know, we as students, we get excited. We like want to do the the thing and have it be the best thing. And, you know, we're going to make it and you just want to get it done. Um, And it's, it's really exciting, but at the same time, you kind of have to like tell yourself like to, to chill out just for a second and really flush through the ideas because, you know, you might be not looking at something even more successful um, right in front of you, but you, you have the answer there. Um, so it's, it's just an exciting process. And I think, you know, you really just have to, to take a step back and, and understand, okay, what is the goal that you're trying to achieve? Um, and what is the best solution to that? Yeah. It's kind of like, for lack of better words, like trust the process, like you're learning how to do like think about each step so that you can really make this cumulative product or idea. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so recently you went to high point post-graduation and I know that you went as a student when you were here at Marywood, I was wondering if you could talk about how that may have felt different or maybe full circle for you and kind of touch on that. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because I remember being in the high point market um, as a student and I was sitting on the trolley that took that takes you kind of everywhere. And I was like, yeah, I can see myself being here, you know, and then like fast forward to a year or two later and then I'm like living here doing the thing that I was there for. Um, so it was really interesting, but it's definitely different going and observing as a student versus being part of the industry um, because depending upon where and what company you're with. Um, other companies might not be as open to allowing you within their showrooms. You know, they might view you as competition. You might not be as invited as you would be as a student. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think everybody here is also extremely welcoming in a way that there's not so much of an issue as people may realize. Um, you know, there's HPXD, High Point by Design, organizations that are really 
welcoming and opening the idea that everybody is welcome um, to to explore and and you know you can go to you know each and everyone's showrooms and you can understand you know there's a place for everyone and there's so much territory here that there there really is a place for everyone so it's not like um you know oh you're you're a competitor so you're not you're not allowed to to see what we're doing like it, it's not as big of an issue I think as as it may seem. Um, so it's exciting to be able to understand, you know, different processes and other companies and where they come from and how they do things. Because at the end of the day, we're just learning, you know, we're trying to, to find the best solution and there's so much product that can be made because there's so many people in the world. Um, and you're not going to please everyone by, by having one specific brand, right? I mean, like not everybody loves this one specific company or brand. Everybody's different. Everybody likes a different style or, you know, design. So I think, you know, as a student, it's a lot easier to just get into places a lot more frequently, I think. But you know, as an industry professional, I think it's just how you phrase yourself and where you really say, you know, I'm just trying to learn here. You know, I'm not trying to steal any ideas or anything like that. It's not, it's not about that at the end of the day. It's, it's more about just learning and absorbing all the information that you possibly can to make design better. I mean, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's our end goal. Um, you touched a little bit on um, the community, and I think that's really important to realize that in a community is where you learn. And you were talking about how you look at Instagram and Pinterest and you search online and you get all this inspiration. Um, and that really is like learning from the, the product industry or the interior architecture like industry. Um, it's kind of how I would perceive a community to learn together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's the team effort that occurs, you know, not only within the day to day, but in your, you know, free time as well, that grows yourself as a designer and an artist and a creative. Um, But I mean, going back to what I just said of teamwork within the day-to-day, I mean, it really takes a village to produce the product itself. Um, I mean, I cannot do what the engineers can do and vice versa. I, I, you know, it it takes every single person involved in the process to really make it um, all the way down to shipping and receiving the, the pieces, you know, so it's, it's a, team effort that is so unbelievably involved that you would have no idea um, unless you were kind of watching the whole process happen. There's so many people that are involved and there's so many hands that physically, like, I mean, you'd be so blown away by how strong, you know, our upholsterers are and how much effort and just skill and knowledge and education and years um, time, time is huge. I mean, there's people that I've been working with that have been within the company for like 20 years and it shows, you know, so it's, it's dedication and it's the loyalty there that really makes, um, 
all the effort and the love into the product happen. That's awesome. Once again, it sounds like you're just like in a great all encompassing community and that's an amazing opportunity. So with that, if you could go back in time and give yourself any piece of advice, um, what would that be? You know, I was sitting here thinking about this um, because I, the roles were reversed. You know, I, I also used to be a host for ASP and I also was a student at one point too. So kind of understanding this question, I was like, wow, you know, what would I ask myself? Um, but I think overall, it's just kind of the idea that you're going to make choices in life and you're going to change your mind. Um, they, you know, there's, there, somebody said once that like life is all about finding yourself and like traveling through to like find out like what you want to be in life or who you want to be. And I don't necessarily think that's a hundred percent as true as they say to me, I feel like you go through life and school and just these experiences and you really change your mind over and over and over again, and you find different versions of yourself. And I think it's so important to understand that concept because you're going to enjoy certain parts of your career or, you, you know, certain parts of your life. But then at the same time, you might say, okay, I, I don't like this anymore. Or I want to do this instead. And same thing with, you know, going to school and, and picking a major and then saying, you know, I do like this, but I don't quite like this. I like this more. Um, so I think it's, I think it's okay to, to make decisions and change your mind and really find out what it is that you want to do. Um, but overall you just have to choose and do what makes you the happiest. Right. I mean, there's no sense in doing something that you're not going to enjoy, um, because you're going to do it for the rest of your life. Um, or you may not, or you may change your mind, you know, and that's okay. So I think, if there's one thing out of all of that long spiel that I say is also to give yourself some grace um, within your career and within your life and just kind of have fun. I mean, that's what life's about and just like truly enjoy what you're doing. That's awesome. Um, just that idea of fluidity, you know, your life is going to change. What you may want to do is going to change and to go with it and have fun. Yeah, really absolutely. Great. Thank you for joining us today. Um, thank you, Courtney, for joining us. And thank you to all who are at home listening. Remember to like, comment, and share. And make sure to join in next time as the conversation continues from a student's perspective. We hope you like this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.